Curiosity on Dublin City FM. We're creepy, we're kooky, we're all together ooky. Get into it. This is Curiosity, presented by LGBT Ireland, and your Halloween bank holiday weekend starts right here. I'm James O'Hagan, and coming up in the next hour, Podrick and I will be chatting about some of the week's top LGBTQI plus news and entertainment stories in our Rainbow Roundup. With nothing more terrifying this Halloween than the housing crisis, Eileen Leahy, chair of HDOC Dublin's Queer Housing Cooperative, joins us to discuss the challenges and potential opportunities in housing for the LGBTQ plus community in Dublin and Ireland. Ushin O'Reilly, CEO of Outhouse, Dublin's LGBTQ plus community centre, drops by to tell us about their Art House annual fundraising auction happening the first weekend of November. And in Reeling in the Queers, we're heading to Woodsboro, California in the year that Casey Becker's movie night with her boyfriend was rudely interrupted by a nuisance caller. There's also music from Mariah Carey and Rihanna. And after I stumped him with my mystery song last week, Podrick is out for revenge when he challenges me to guess the bop of the year. Before we get into that... He's to Helen Sharp to my Madeleine Ashton, Patrick Wilson McCarthy. <laughs> Look at you, Ford, selling with a theme and linking in. He's like, you've been doing this all your professional, life. Professional, professional. I love it. Uki. Who are you calling Uki? I, well, I mean, it's either me, you, or Megan. One, one. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it means. Megan, are you okay? I dare you. <laughs> Babe, how are you? I'm, I'm flying it anyway. Uh, listen, let's cut right to the chase. You're reading the Britney book, right? I'm reading. I'm re- Well, reading is a stretch. <laughs> Absolutely. No. The, the words are entering my yeah. system, but orally, yeah. not, or orally, yeah. not, uh, not, no. not visually. Michelle, w- M- Michelle Williams is reading and I am listening and I'm eating it up. And is there anything more homosexual than listening to Michelle Williams off of Dawson Creek read you the life story of Britney Spears I don't think there is it's, it, you know what well I, I guess it could be Michelle Williams on. from Destiny's Child that might be more homosexual well, see that's what I thought it was first and I was like okay Michelle yes you better work I mean they're both southern so it would kind yeah. of you know yeah. kind of work uh, how do you find her reading it I was kind of sent a small bit at the British accent um, <laughs> that she did for Britney's nan also what I've noticed as well is it was kind of sent me because the, for the first while and I'm not, there's no spoilers really but she co- she keeps mentioning grandparents but there feels like there's it feels like there's 15 of them <laughs> I saw I saw you tweeting about that and you are right it does seem like it's kind of like there's this ever expanding group of grandfathers yeah. and grandmothers and grand- yeah. and it all goes back through like the Spears family tree it goes right the way back yeah, generation and it's like to great, generation. Great, great, great grandma. And I'm like, I don't even know who my grandma is. Never mind my great, 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 great grandma. But I do have to say, it is like, I mean, it, you need, you really need to have been like living under a stone for last week if you yeah. haven't, or last couple of weeks if you haven't been watching the straight. build up to this. Well, or, or heterosexual. <laughs> Maybe you're a heterosexual man and you're Boo. just lost here. But we love you and we welcome you into our home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it is such a compelling story. And I think like, I love a, a an L trash memoir but this is like much more full on yeah do you know what I had do you know I hate saying it I had a little hope but actually it's written really well and even when Michelle is reading it I could see Britney telling that story yeah, you know what I mean exactly. it's not like it's so extravagant that you know that there was a ghostwriter involved it's like you do know that it's her story and like it everything seems to add up. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that I was kind of saying, mm, what's going on here? But it's like you're getting the other side of a story that you watched happen in real time over the course of the yeah. last 15 it's, years. It and really it's, is tying up loose ends, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. And you're seeing these things and you're finally seeing them from another perspective. You're like, oh my yeah. God, this is absolutely shocking. But we could talk about that for the next hour, but we won't. We'll no. move on. No, we'll do it another time. We'll do it. That's it. Yeah. Get to, uh, get, go over to our Patreon. <laughs> 
Yeah, there you go. Um, no, but uh, we are moving into our rainbow roundup. What's going on in the news this week? Well, first up was the major news, I suppose, across the country this week that you, Yusuf Polanyi, the man charged with the horrific murder of Michael Snee and Aidan Moffat, as well as the brutal attack on Anthony Burke and Sligo in April 2022, has been found guilty on all charges. He received two full life sentences for the murder, murder of the two men and an additional 20 year sentence for that brutal attack on Anthony Burke. It, this has just been I suppose like you know, I remember kind of I, working within LGBT Ireland around the time when that happened like obviously we were kind of you know heavily relied on by members of the community who yeah. were so shocked by what by what had happened and people really did turn to us for support in that moment and it was just I think that it, there was such a visceral reaction from people who really saw their community coming under attack. I mean, first and foremost, you, you really have to be kind of like your your sympathy is with the family of the men who 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 lost their lives and the 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 man who who um who who was uh, who was assaulted and, and lost his sight in one eye. And you can't imagine the trauma that that's going to to bring with it. But I mm-hmm. think for our community and the particularly in the current ten- context and climate, like it's very you know this this is all part of a wider story mm-hmm. of of queer people being targeted mm-hmm. because of their identity, which is very scary. I think it's particularly jarring because it's so close to home you hear these horrific stories from abroad all of the time you know and a part of us does become desensitised to it and we are always very grateful that we don't explicitly have to deal with it at our own doorstep but actually then it just happens down the road and then you know like there's no positive from a story like this unfortunately not And, and the thing about it is you know 20 or 30 years ago he might have walked free you know so it is there is a comfort I suppose for members of the community that they can take that there has that justice has been served do you know yeah uh, absolutely and you were going to talk about the the interview that the other victim did I don't know have you seen this interview I I watched I watched it on on, online and I just have to say it was so moving and also so sad to see someone put in a position where their entire life that they were obviously a very private person a person yeah. who didn't want to share much about their identity have them put into a position where now this is going to follow them for the rest of their lives that's it that's it so Anthony Burke the man who who very fortunately survived very bravely did an interview with Paul Quinn on, on Virgin Media during the week and basically he just details his interactions with uh, Yusuf before the attack and how it's affected him since mainly that he had you know he felt that he was forced to come out so this is what he had to say like I didn't think that me being gay I'd lose an eye I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to lose anything. Never harmed anyone in my life. The things about this, it was like when you when you can step back from the tragedy of this entire situation, which is brutal and horrific, and every person involved, mm. like is, is left traumatized, like for mm. life. You also see that this is a story of three men who were within who were within their communities who didn't feel com- comfortable or confident enough to totally. be able to come out. That left them additionally vulnerable, perhaps, to this particular attack. And mm-hmm. it does make you then wonder, like, how many other people are out there who don't feel comfortable or confident to be out, don't feel comfortable or confident to actually kind of, you know, become, you know, to, to be themselves publicly. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just very sad when you think about that kind of isolation. But it, all in all, it's just... It it really is one of I think one of the most affecting things that I've ever experienced in my life. Just I think around my I think identity, right. I think you're right. I think um, it opened up conversations between you know me and and my family around things like grinder as well. You know, my parents, Completely. you know, who didn't know what it was. You know, are you using it? You know, like are you being safe? And you know, there is. I suppose a lesson to be learned that you know you can't just trust anyone that you meet on these apps unfortunately you know and they are very prevalent in our community and that's just the way it is. But there is a, we do have to have our wits about ourselves. No, absolutely. Now, from there, I mean, from the, from the, the like the most serious to, this <laughs> is 
camp. Oh this is camp, God. right? So the church are at it again. I don't know. Can we can we drag the church? We... Well, it... mm. <laughs> we're not dragging we're the church. Not. We're exploring. Me- Megan's like, she doesn't know what to do. <laughs> we're not dragging them. We're just telling them what was in the news. <laughs> anyway, look, look, we'll go with it, right? So um, the Pope has accepted the resignation of a Polish bishop whose diocese has been rocked by reports of a gay orgy (laughs) Megan shaking her head involving a male sex worker in a priest's apartment as well as previous violent incidents involving his clergy right look we can laugh about it all we want right they've been dragging us for years it is a fairly serious story at the same time there was this party that happened in this apartment um, and someone actually overdosed at the party yeah, on a, on a on a medication used for erectile dysfunction, someone overdosed and collapsed, and then the the individual whose apartment it was uh, apparently would not allow paramedics come into the thing because uh, you know in that moment felt like as if I I don't want this to blow anywhere anywhere out of hand. So it, it is just I mean apparently now we we this person does risk being defrocked, which yeah. I think that when you have a story about an orgy, the the word defrocked is kind I mean, of perfect. Sounds like my. <laughs> Megan is shaking her head. Move on. Move on from the defrocking. I'm keeping my my mouth shut, right? But all I'm saying is, sounds great. Anyway, major news. Major news. Major news to finish up on this week. And Nadine Coyle has come out in an interview and she's revealed that she hates all things Halloween, James. She dreads this time of year, she said. Now, she's notoriously a bit of a wuss, right? Yeah, absolutely. She opted out of the episode of Ghost Hunting, that iconic episode that I tried to find a clip of, but we wouldn't have been able to play. We can talk about the orgy, but we can't talk about this, right? Um, and in the interview, she said, uh, she said, look, absolutely not. No ghost, ghost hunting, no seancing. Seancing? Um, I feel bad even saying the word. She says, feigning a gasp. She added, do I even say the word? Who knows what you're conjuring up? And then afterwards, she made a little joke on her Instagram where she said she was flying out of the country. She's like, I'm leaving for Halloween, but she's actually, no, I'm going for two days. It's pure mammy humour. Pure mammy humour. But there is more to this story, right? Um, And I'm going to tell you it very quickly. The rumour will... the rumour mill, excuse me, is in overdrive and the gays have gone to the ends of the earth to find out what the story is, right? I love how you can give a gay Instagram and they will get into like the business management area. It, it, good for them. I know. That's why we're high earners and high achievers, right? So the uh, Girls Allowed reunion could be imminent, right? Anthony Muffins posted to X, formerly to Anthony Muffins, we love Muffins, us. at Anthony Muffins. Uh, and he said, on the 30th of September 2023, a UK limited company was set up under the name Let's Go Eskimo Productions. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the lyrics from Love Machine if in case yeah, anyone yeah, needed to know. know and if you're listening to this and you didn't know while you're listening to this he added Let's Go Esk- Eskimo Productions is owned by four other companies and these four other companies were set up that day right they are All That Jazz Entertainment and the owner is listed as Kimberly Walsh Black Pen Limited um, owner Nadine Coyle CC Entertainment Limited Cheryl Cole still going by Cole by the way and Cinderella's Eyes Limited registered by Nicola Roberts. So they're all in on the game, babe. So I'm telling you now, we're getting an announcement. It's coming. I, I, I cannot wait. That is that is a show I will buy a ticket and actually go to. Unlike absolutely. Sub-7. Absolutely. <laughs> That's all we've got for the news this week. Unfortunately, we could stay and talk about that all day, right? Yeah. But coming up between now and one o'clock, we are going to be chat- chatting to Eileen Leahy from Ashduck, Dublin's queer housing co-op. And it's my turn. It's my turn to bring us down memory lane in Reading in the Queers. I'm taking us back to to the year that our first track was a huge hit, but it was a sore loser at the Grammys. It's Mariah Carey and Fantasy on Curiosity. Keeping it real, son. That's right. The shining star. 
my shining star, girl. <laughs> Yo, New York in the house. It's Brooklyn in the house. That's right. Uptown in the house. Challenge, are you in the house? Boogie down, are you in the house? We're joined by Eileen Leahy, chair of HDOC Queer Housing Cooperative Management Committee, to talk about the need and the idea behind their LGBT specific housing cooperative and how this idea has been coming around and where we can plan all to be living as we become aged homosexuals yeah. uh, in the future. <laughs> the first thing I wanted to ask you, I suppose, what is HDOC and, and, and where did the idea and the name come from? You know, a group was got together around about seven years ago, so it was a long time developing some ideas. And part of that was we were really concerned about the housing crisis and how it was affecting the queer community. Part of the reason why it's taken so long is that original group, the people in it left because they needed to move for elsewhere for housing mm-hmm. reasons. So it's kind of ironic. And then we formed again. We had a public meeting in um, 2020, you know, formed a new group and then COVID struck. But we did keep going over lockdown and uh, developed our, our kind of principles. We changed the name. It had been Queer Housing Cooperative and we changed it to Ashtok. And the reason we went for Ashtok is it's the Irish for queer but it also means fabulous I wonderful that. yeah that's yeah. brilliant that's a great idea and then it has chalk in the name which means house and also Ash is the beginning of Ashling, which means dream. So we're kind of thinking a fabulous queer dream house. I love this, is what this we want. idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so do I. I'm like James. Could we ever do? Could we ever live in one? I, I think. I hope so. I do hope so. <laughs> and I, I suppose just for people who may not be or may not like understand what the concept is, like what is a housing co-op? Um, it's where people come together and um, manage their housing themselves. There's different uh, styles. You know, in Ireland. Typically, the history has been that people come together and, and you know, as a, as a housing co-op and build houses. And then once they're built, they go into private ownership. But across Europe and um, in the UK and even in America, there are uh, housing co-ops that stay in uh, as a cooperative. You know, people own a share mm-hmm. in the co-op. They don't own their individual properties if you know what I mean. So it's yeah. a, it's sort of a non-profit model. It's not about developers making a, a profit out of the, the housing. It's about it staying in community ownership. A home is supposed to be somewhere where people in our community feel, everyone feels safe, right? That's not always the case, I suppose. And you can't always be yourself in your home, I suppose, when, when you're queer. Um, be it, you know, if, you're, if your family might be against you coming out or if you find yourself in shared accommodation where, you know, there might be people where it's a hostile environment, I guess. What is the impact for someone who might be feeling threatened or unsafe in their home? I think it has a huge impact on people and, and research actually backs that up. It's, it, it's sort of key to our well-being and yeah. to, to, you know, our, our well-being over the whole of our lives, not just at the particular time. So for um, LGBT populations, we tend to do less well on um, health and well-being mm. outcomes, income, you know, all these things mm. because we start off in a, in a difficult place. Um, when it comes to housing, that just adds, you know, another layer um, on top of that, most of the research shows that LGBT people are more likely to to suffer housing insecurity, mm. to be homeless. You know, as as we age, our housing is, is not as well, say, future proofed or not as suitable to our needs. But we're less likely to go and look for services mm. and look yeah. for support out there. And I mean, this is one thing for Ashdock that was really important to us is, you know, having a queer community in, in Dublin so that people, you know, it's not even just for, for people in Dublin, it's for people around the country. Everyone always knows 
that's the place where it's yeah, safe, it's to, safe be. to be. Yeah. It's, do you know what, what, what strikes me when you're speaking there is, first of all, the safety of having a, a place to live, but mm-hmm. also being surrounded by people, like-minded people, I suppose, yeah. and feeling supported yeah. and, and just safe you know yeah and i think we, we talk i mean we had national coming out day was mm-hmm. was not too not too long ago and there's a big conversation about kind of like how coming out opens your up access to this enormous community and how that's such a positive part of it but you know that's really no use to you if if you're stuck living in your your parents mm. guest bedroom yeah. and 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 they don't respect your identity or if you feel like as if the only option for you is to to maybe go into to being end up being homeless uh, as a result yeah. of it what can what can housing bodies do to to address this and what needs to happen in like home Homeless services. There's not a huge amount of research in Ireland on that, but belong to and folks did a, a, a big research project on, on it there a couple of years ago. And there is and there is research being done that will come out. But what we see from other places is that people tend to, when they're in the homeless service, they go back in the closet. And again, that really does have a neg- negative impact on people. It's, it, you know, it's not a, a healthy or a safe way to be. And the other thing is that um, maybe and particularly for young people that they're less inclined to access the homeless services in the first in the mm. first place so they're more inclined to be sleep, sleeping rough or couch surfing, surfing or yeah. squatting and you know that that again then has a lot of other negative mm. Im- impacts on on that person but for older people and people in midlife it, you know it's the same as mm. well it isn't just something that affects younger people you know anyone from the lgbt community yeah. becomes homeless there's um research on people in um, international national protection services and direct provision and things like that and they say exactly the same things as as lgbt people yeah. in in the homeless service they're too afraid to be mm. out they don't feel safe they don't se- feel secure and they go back into the closet. And again, with LGBT people in nursing homes, yeah. go back into the closet. So it's a repeated cycle of, mm-hmm. you know, adversity, I suppose. There's been so much research that has shown like the damaging consequences of older members of our community being kind of having to go back in the closet when they go into sort of assisted living or even where they mm-hmm. start to have to have home care people coming into, into their yeah. homes and their spaces. We've, we touched a little bit on it there, but so what, how do the housing needs of LGBT people sort of differ from the general population? In Ireland in particular, but you know, probably everywhere, we, we just see this heteronormative model of of home and housing and it's so taken for granted that we don't even question that I mean we're in a housing crisis so we're not really thinking about this dream the fabulous <laughs> queer, queer home we had a, a workshop as part of the op- open house um, you know the architecture foundation's yeah. open house you know a lot of the stuff came up there it was surprising actually because c- it kind of backed up ideas that we had found elsewhere and talking to people in the community but what, what it seems to be is that queer people want to feel safe they don't want to be kind of shut in or living in some kind mm-hmm. of uh, secure gated community mm-hmm. Being connected to the outside world and to the community, not just the gay community, but also, you know, the city that you live society. in or the neighbourhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to society in general is really important. I think the, you know, the heterosexual model, for example, might be, you know, what people aspire to is the three bed semi, master bedroom, ensuite, <laughs> you know, the smaller rooms for the children, yeah. the family room, etc., etc. With a fence around <laughs> yeah. it. And, you yeah, know, yeah, that kind of, of thing. We yeah, all yeah. we all grew up the with... Keeping up appearances. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's either... Either that's the aspiration and people would love to have that and they're doing, you know, the best they can or it's the norm that that yeah. people experience. Whereas it's not so much about the amount of space you have. It's just the type of space that there's that visibility, yeah. but mm. safety and security, privacy versus being yeah. connected to the outside world. I think the thing we, f- we fear most is the isolation. And that's mm-hmm. probably the isolation we felt when we were young. It, you know, it's so important to us to never go back to that place. Yeah.
it's so important for a city like any city to have like a vibrant and dynamic and exciting kind of feeling to it that keeps the life flowing mm-hmm. through it and that comes from the sort of creative people who are willing to do and try new things and, and the artists who are, who are willing to kind of bring new and exciting exciting things to the city but it was in the current <laughs> housing crisis as people like that are being kind of pushed further and further mm-hmm. out of the city it, it's damaging yeah. what Dublin is. Yeah, we're being oh, drained. Of, we're being starved yeah. of creativity and, yeah. and young queer people who bring so much to the society, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, in some ways, it's great that people are moving and setting up sort of groups and, and things in towns, across, you know, because the towns across Ireland and, and rural places, you know, have been the ones that have suffered from the lack of that kind of uh, the creative industries or whatever. But I think for... Uh, queer people, there's an added layer to that is that we there, there are a lot of queer people employed in creative industries and other low paid, insecure sort of jobs. And they're really being affected. Those kind of jobs are really being affected by um, the housing crisis. If, if you end up having to live, you know, and being scattered and dispersed around the country, one of the things that, that, that you know, is coming up a lot is that you end up sort of watering yourself down, even if you're in this part of this great, vibrant, creative community somewhere mm. that is, you know, evolving because of the housing crisis. It just means that you're, well, maybe not the only gay in the village, yeah. but, you know, there's less, <laughs> yeah. there's something about the strength in numbers, I think, that has yeah. really made this country, you know, the the um, equality referendum mm. and the, you know, other things that, you know, other freedoms and liberties that we've got over the last number of years. And that's because there's been a lot of yeah. gay people, you know, all together in one place so that we can imagine more, we can imagine yeah. bigger and yeah. better than if there's only a few of us. We're yeah. just looking for the basic, you know. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. What do you hope to achieve with Ashtock? Um, well, at the moment, we're really trying to look, you know, to get some funding for a feasibility study and to look at how this can be done. And um, we are registered um, as a co-op and, and you know, people are, are very free to apply and become a member. We're also trying to make sure that people across the community, whether securely housed or not, are members of Ashtalk so that we have that kind of community mm. foundation and community base. From that, then we um, are able to start building up to, to look at a feasibility. What would this look like? How could it be done? We want something that remains in community mm-hmm. ownership that's sustainable for you know, a number of generations that isn't that doesn't just disperse and end up getting sold off. We've been working on a proposal for that kind of research that would be um, sort of see, you know, how we would finance it, how we would manage and control it. You know, are there sites available? You know, all, all the various logistical things that aren't about the yeah. fancy design yeah. and, you know, the beautiful <laughs> yeah. home. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but, you know, Leave all dirt. that stuff. Yeah, all that stuff has to done. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just ask, and this is pure naivety, I suppose, right? What do we expect to see at the end like do we see you know loads of apartments or do we see you know co-living spaces or, or what would it look like in in, in the ideal world uh, well we're not quite there yet yeah. because we're still looking at models but um, definitely it will be intergenerational I mean that's really yeah. really important and that's one of the key things that it is intergenerational because uh, we don't want to live in isolation yeah. we don't want to end up just being with other people like mm-hmm. ourselves and that's another thing about the you know what, what queer housing is people want the diversity yeah. and they want to live you know connected into that the wider community as well and also that would be a good way to sustain you know as people age there there's a possibility of care and you know and, and mutual aid uh, cooperatives yeah. one of the key principles of cooperatives is that there is mutual aid so we support each other but also help out you know younger people and then people 
fleeing um, persecution in other places. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, there's all those people in the middle as well who, you know, it isn't just about um, people in need or, um, you know, we all want to live somewhere. That's nice. That's beautiful. But that's also, you know, a a nice vibrant place to live. So it would be across the board. I think what sounds lovely about it is that it is just like real society you know like yeah. that there is people from all ages and stuff coming together and yeah. we probably have loads of different interests and lived experiences so I think everyone could probably benefit from that right so yeah you're getting yeah. your name down on the list now, I'm like you? how do I apply <laughs> where do you want me well, well I, I'll, give you, I'll give you those details <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like what, what are the fitting and fixtures like <laughs> <laughs> but I don't I, like rose gold yeah, yeah no it's rose gold at home yeah but I suppose that's one of the things is it's, it's a kind of diversity of different housing according to the needs Amazing. of the people yeah. yeah, I mean, that's great, isn't it? Really, like, yeah. how can people get involved and, and like, what can people do? <laughs> yeah, well, we really do need buy in from the community. So, it's you know, anyone listening, please, please mm. get in touch and get involved. We have a website, ashtock.ie, and uh, you can contact us through the website. And you know, we 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 can send out membership forms. That was amazing. Okay. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. That's, it's actually so interesting, future sorted. You know? <laughs> Absolutely, but it's because I think we're all living in this world at the moment where there is a housing crisis, and mm-hmm. it's nice to hear that there's somebody out there, somebody out there is doing something about it, yeah. and especially yeah. for our community. So thank yeah. you so much for that. Okay, and, th- and you know, if we all work together, you know, these exactly. are this is how problems get solved. Curiosity on Dublin City FM. Welcome back. We still have a whole heap of entertainment for you here on Curiosity. Uh, in a few minutes, we'll be talking to Ushin O'Reilly from Outhouse about their art house auction and reeling in the queers is still to come where I'm going to be trying to claw my way to victory with Podrick's Bop of the Year. But first of all, she's a, this is a spooky season and yeah. this is a spooky track. It's Disturbia by Rihanna. What's wrong with me? Why do I feel like this? Arte's annual fundraising art auction takes place on Saturday 4th and Sunday 5th November to raise vital funds for Outhouse, Dublin's LGBTQI plus community centre. Joining us now is Outhouse CEO Ushin O'Reilly to tell us about Arthouse and how to get involved. Um, so Ushin, welcome to Curiosity. Thanks for coming on to talk to us. Uh, thanks, Bill, for having me. No, delighted. Um, can you tell us a bit about Arthouse? Where did the idea come from? It's, it's been going a couple of years now, isn't it? It has, yeah. So Art House was really forged in the fires of the pandemic. Um, <laughs> I, I'm allowed to mention that, I hope. Oh, yeah, no, it, 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 we'll put a trigger warning in at the beginning yeah, of the episode. Trigger warning at the top, yeah. But um, really, Art House came about as a response to the pandemic. Um, Art House as a centre has always relied on, I suppose, the generosity of the community and donations, but really um, operating also as a social enterprise, you know, renting spaces in the centre, a community cafe on the ground floor. And obviously, with the centre having to close with public health advice, it was like, well, where did the funds come from to mm-hmm. maintain a centre in the city of Dublin? And the response was Art House, which is this beautiful partnership with uh, hundreds of exceptionally talented artists who uh, we operate a revenue share model with in this auction, which benefits both the artist um, and Art House and the LGBTQ plus community. Well, do you know, it's, isn't it always so lovely to hear when something positive comes out of the pandemic? Yeah, yeah and we've actually is. heard that a few times now, so it's great to hear. Um Oshin, artists donate their work uh, to be sold as part of the auction and then the artists receive 50% of the sale price then for their piece. How important is it to ensure that these artists are looked after and that they receive payment? 
Oh, it's, it's vitally important. There's a huge amount of skill and effort and creativity that goes into creating a work. Um, and cost, you know, like materials to create art cost artists money. Mm-hmm. And I, I think from the from the outset, you know, uh, you know, it had been a cornerstone of the project was that this, you know, shared revenue model that supported artists um, and supported the centre. And, you know, you say the 50-50 split, the artist chooses the split uh, between oh, the centre based on their own environment the minimum 50-50. Some artists will donate a work in its entirety to the benefit of the centre and others won't be in a position to do that because, you know, maybe they have fewer works created that year or certain things haven't sold and otherwise. So there's that flexibility where the artist decides what's right for them. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so important Like as a centre that's like at the heart of the community and we know particularly that that, that members of the queer community gravitate towards more artistic lifestyle which can lead to, to more financial insecurity. So having that kind of flexibility built in and that ability to kind of, you know, be together is, is really important. Do you want to tell us just a little bit about some of the pieces that are on sale? Oh, yeah, there's some absolutely amazing pieces. Uh, so there is, uh, tonight actually we're opening, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're recording this on Thursday. Sorry, yeah, yeah, that's all right, but don't worry. Alert. We're opening a little <laughs> exhibition. Um, so we are of, of about 50 or 60 selected pieces. Uh, there's over uh, 400 items in the auction this year. So there's about 50 or 60 of them on the walls of the centre and will be uh, over the course of the next week. So feel free to pop in and have a browse. But we have some wonderful pieces, including an amazing piece by Mazer, uh, uh, there's a lovely piece that we have hanging uh, by Hazel Tuna. Um, so there is, and then John Fitzsimons, uh, Sinead Lawless, Brian Teeling and others like Connor Horgan, uh, Francis Fay, and Martin McCann who are members of the team here at Outhouse as well. Like there, There's some wonderful pieces that are there. Um, uh, Sarah uh, Ryan did this beautiful uh, painting of Outhouse, the building itself. And uh, she paints architecture particularly and there's a beautiful uh, painting that she has done of the centre uh, that I personally feel very drawn to, yeah. uh, so I do. But you, um, you know, <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. I've, I have it on my watch list, uh, yeah. so I do uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, so uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I maybe I, you know, I've, I've a huge person. Obviously, I work in the centre, but I have a massive personal connection with the building. Yeah. It's the first queer space I ever came into as a teenager. That's amazing. So, That's amazing. Um, yeah. There's something about my own personal journey that I kind of saw in the painting. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Look, just say I'm an artist, Oshin. How how can people get involved? Or how can people buy things? That's, yeah, the, that's actually, the most that's important it. thing. That's it, most importantly. <laughs> if you have a disposable income... <laughs> artist, the guillotine has already dropped. Okay. And unfortunately, we can't accept any new submissions at this stage okay. because the auction is now live. And so it is. So it's a timed auction. And uh, to get involved, if you would like to browse the collection and then register to participate in bid, you can do that at the website auction.outhouse.ie. Um, and you can browse the collection without registering so you can have a look and see if it's something that takes your fancy and then if you want you can pre-register you will need a credit card uh, or a debit card to pre-register and that's because when the hammer drops uh, we'll be sending out all the bills uh, fairly quickly <laughs> okay. so the bill or kind of the hammers drop it's a timed auction so um, there are two auctions technically taking place on the 4th and 5th of November and the hammer starts to drop at 3pm on both days and then there's about just over 200 lots on each day and every second a lot closes uh, in the lot order okay. uh, so it does so the final bids at that point uh, will go through and uh, yeah as an avid viewer of Bargain Hunt, I have to say, like, the, the, there's nothing quite exciting no. as exciting as, a, as an auction hammer dropping. You know, I yeah. mean, I love it. 
for me I was on the edge of my seat last year <laughs> uh, so I was and, and like people can think of auctions as like these really big things and oh yeah. I don't have money to do auctions like you know the, 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 the smallest value item that you know was sold at auction last year was 20 euro okay you know, yes. uh, so it's accessible the way up yeah, it is a very accessible event and, and we deliberately curate the collection yeah. of art to ensure that there's something there for everybody, you know, in terms of, you know, taste, styles of art, price points and everything else. So that it really yeah. is something that can be accessible to everyone in our community. And I, I loved what you said about the, um, I loved what you said about sort of like that, that your your relationship to the picture of Outhouse and how it kind of relates to your queer journey because I do think that, you know, so much of our journeys as Dublin or as queer people within mm-hmm. Ireland, there are bits and pieces or people people's artwork that you sort of relate to so much so this is a great opportunity to own a piece of the community as well which is very very special and like so the artists who you know many of the artists like the number of artists we're working with each year grows and that's absolutely beautiful and wonderful but like many of them have come back year and year again so that they are real allies or members of our community who really share our vision um you know of a world where all lgbt people can be safe seen and celebrated you yeah. know and it's you know it's so heartening to know that that support is there in our artistic community and um, but also in the community of people who love and appreciate art uh, and really do want to see our community thrive but also that you know our community has a world class facility and that's what yeah, we're working towards here no, absolutely and I look forward we look forward to having you back on Curiosity to hear about the exceptional vision that you have for Outhouse over the, the, the next couple of years so so I'm sure this, it won't be the last Definitely you'll, you'll hear you'll hear from us so thank you so much for coming and chatting us today um, we're excited to, to hear how the, uh, the, um, the, the auction goes and to have a look at some of those pieces as well it's been lovely chatting to you thank you so much thanks Oisin cheers thanks Bill here we are again we're back in our hot tub time machine i need to get like more fresh hot time machine style uh jokes because i'm just gonna end up making that one every week as we get to the it's fine. it'll the do baby if it works don't break yeah, it exactly. do you know what i mean maybe next week we'll be getting into our delorean you know you never the, know the other time machine reference. exactly exactly <laughs> the, right or the two of them do wasn't samantha mumba in a time machine of some kind Probably, I don't know, babe. She's in loads of bits. Where is she now? That's what I want to know. Well, well, I want to know, where are we now? Yeah, well, we're taking her back to 1996. And the reason I chose 1996 was because, well, it's gay Christmas this week, as you know. It certainly is. Are you like one of those horror queers? I'm not a horror. I'm a Halloween queer, but I'm not a horror queer. I love the kind of, you know, I'm I'm probably verging more into the pumpkin spice latte queer, to be honest with you, which is very depressing. Oh my God, babe, don't say that out loud. Look, I, I, own, I own who I am. I, I, I love you and your basic queerness. <laughs> so anyway, the reason I chose 1996 was because it was the year the first Scream movie was released and it has since become a queer classic. So Scream Absolutely. for the gays, horrors for the gays. Horror, I think, is a genre for the gays because it's kind of coming from a place of being othered. Yeah, it's Unknown. very it's very coded as well. It's always extremely camp. It's always kind of got that kind of you know they sort of subvert a lot of roles within it. I think as well exactly a lot of the uh, a, a lot of queer a lot of horror kind of focuses in on the concept of this like final girl kind sure. of concept. So you're like rooting for the strong female character, and then yeah, you're right. It is about that yeah. kind of othering, and it's also the costumes, you know. Yeah, you know, and think camp, you know us now. Like, <laughs> so I actually did a bit of a deep dive on screen. I am a fan of screen, right? So I just am think I. it's great. One of my favorites horror movies right and it actually is 
very queer, right? So in 1996, when the Scream movie was first released, queerness still had to be conveyed through subtext. But it was undeniably present and fans straight away called it out. They were like, Stu, Stu's obsessed with Billy. They're more than just friends. And then the writer later confirmed this, writer and creator of the movie, his name was Kevin Williamson. He said, I was very hesitant to present, I was very hesitant to present the gay side of me in my work, resulting in the queerness of characters Billy and Stu being a little coded and maybe accidental. He said that the fact that the leading female females, and I love this, always survive again and again reflects the resilience and gay survival. Oh, we love it. Also, I, mean, I love that fact about the, the queerness between the two because it actually makes sense. It's so true. Because you can never really tell like why that the the other guy would have got so involved in like, because he, he kind of presented with him as the, like Billy obviously has his whole yeah. like thing going back, but the other guy, it's like, why, why are you here? But if it's unrequited love, it's I'm unrequ- like, I'm into sign it. Me I up, sign me up. And if you say gay survive, survival, <laughs> I'm like, I'm a survivor, baby. Do you know what I mean? And then of course it goes on then, um, and then Scream 3 gets even more camp. And I know it wasn't in 1996 but Scream 3 for example they're leaning into the campness of it because they know that it's become a queer uh, classic or a queer cult mm-hmm. classic um, and then they have icons such as Laurie Metcalf Parker Posey Sarah Michelle Gellar um, Carrie Fisher all making cameos in that alongside Sydney Prescott who is of course played by Neve Campbell and Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers returning oh, there again was, was, was Scream 3 the one with the fringe? I think so Oh look yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll let that one, we'll Absolutely. Let that one go I'm going home to deep dive them all Um <laughs> What else happened in 1996? Well, Diana and Charles got divorced in 1996. What is the queer, um, I suppose, link there? You know I love a divorce. Uh, well, we I all lo- love a you divorce. You know what I mean? I've know? never who been likes, divorced. Who likes washing your, your dirty laundry in public? Exactly. We, but also, anything that D- Diana did was a bit gay anyway. She was yeah. she was a true ally of her time. You know what I mean? So I felt like she had to get a mention in there. No, absolutely. And I mean, she like the, the advocacy work she did, particularly around the beginning of the AIDS epidemic, is really something that is kind of a testament to her character. Yeah. Because at a time when... It was, you know, neither profitable nor popular to be sort of, you know, mixing with queer people yeah. and bringing up the issue of AIDS. She was like there on the front line meeting people, similar totally. to Madonna. Like, and it's yeah. it's that kind of like she doesn't care what the she doesn't care what was kind of right and proper no. in the eyes of the state. Yeah. She was seeing vulnerable people she was seeing who humans, were hurting and human seeing beings. humans yeah, exactly. exactly on the AIDS thing. Actually, right, I've got something here. So at the eleventh International AIDS Conference, a breakthrough in medication for the management of HIV and AIDS was announced it was through the use of triple cocktail known as the combination therapy therapy method uh, which used three types of protease inhibitors and within one week 75,000 people were using combination therapy to um, increase their immune system have a better nervous system and a higher ability to tackle any kind of virus including HIV so that's kind of big that, I mean, that's, that's really that, that first step then towards like, because now it's amazing if you think like how far we've come like 23 ish yeah. years later yeah. uh, to a place where, you know, you've got the sort of whole U equals U yeah. thing with understanding the fact exactly. that now it's one pill you take a it's, day that like completely kind of like reduces your, your, your chance of transmitting it and you can live a completely normal, healthy life. It's just amazing to see how far like medicine has come. Yeah. But also the mindset and attitudes to it in what is relatively a short period of time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, other things that year, Sabrina the Teenage Witch came out. No. Very gay, no? Oh, very gay, but I, I mean, Melissa Joan Hart, not a, not a gay icon. No, not a gay icon, but, but Salem. <laughs> Salem is a gay icon. And, and witches are. And actually, both the answer are gay icons as well. But that's like, what I was thinking too. Like, Hilda's definitely reading lesbian. Oh, absolutely. I think so anyway, I mean, sure. I think the two of them are, really. Well, probably. I think that that, that, Sarah, that um, Melissa Joan has been lied to, that they aren't her aunts, they're actually a cohabiting lesbian couple but that nobody, nobody knows about. I'm obsessed with this. Bring it back without <laughs> Melissa Joan 
heart, obviously. Also, I love this one. In 1996, the first successful cloning of an animal took place in 1996. Dolly the sheep. Dolly the sheep. But how is this queer, James? I know you're asking. Do you know who she got her name? Uh, Dolly Parton, of course. But, but why? Because of her large voluminous coat. Well, <laughs> large voluminous something. Uh, the cell was taken from the mammary gland, which is the boob. Okay. And so Dolly was named after Dolly Parton because Dolly Parton is known for her breasts. <laughs> and that is my queer link for that one. I love Clutching this. Clutching at straws, but like I can make anything gay if you, if you ask me to. Rosie O'Donnell made her debut with her own show that year as well. It was an instant success. But Rosie actually wasn't out at the time. But she did actually say in interviews after she did, she did come out that she made it known to producers that she was gay and that for any because then she knew that they were pumping loads of money into this show, yeah, and she didn't want it to backfire on her. So producers were okay with it. She and look, she's great representation, I guess now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, fashion. What do you reckon was in fashion in nineteen ninety six? Oh, 1996. Uh, huge baggy jeans and that are like wet at the bottom as you walk around at a music <laughs> festival. Well, this is what it says, right? Fashion trends in 1996 included crop tops, platform shoes, animal prints, velvet windbreakers and denim. Also, tartan ruffle skirts were all in and when they were matched with the tire jacket, they were the coolest. Now, I'm going to say something. Very have, Vivian Westwood. I have all of those in my wardrobe. You have a load of boot cuts in your wardrobe. You know I do, babe. And don't get me started on my tartan skirts. I mean, that 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 does sound like a very current look. It, it definitely does. Crop does. tops are all back in, babe. They really are. Do you know they what I really mean? Are. Let's get the belly button out. Uh, Birdcage. The Birdcage. Oh, beautiful, gorgeous what film. Love it. Absolutely. Movie. That came. I Robin believe. Williams and that man whose name I never remember. Nathan but, Lane. Nathan Lane. Yeah. Icon. Who who people will know as Pumba. Yes, exactly. Do you know? Yeah. Um, brilliant movie, of course. If you haven't seen, I actually watched it the other night just because. Uh, it came up and I was like, I have to watch this again. It's the most gorgeous movie. It's a brilliant story. It's it's Le Cajot film. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a remake of that in an English English language. Yeah. And I spoke already about um, the Grammys. There was a bit of controversy at the Grammys. The Grammys in 1996, they were hosted by Ellen. Ellen DeGeneres. I, we love it there. Well, actually, we don't love Ellen anymore. No. We appreciate the representation, but hasn't she been cancelled? She God has, help she, her. She was known as being a bit of a, a witch, dare I say, mm-hmm. for the week that's in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she's meant to be a bit of a witch to work for. But anyway, mm-hmm. look, representation did of a lot, the time. Did a lot for us, absolutely. She did, in fairness, right? But they were steeped in a bit of controversy uh, because... Um, the unexpected snub of Mariah Carey which I didn't know was a thing until now right so her she came out in 1995 with the album Daydream okay and it was one of the best selling and most acclaimed albums of that year she was expected to clean up everyone expected her to clean up she was nominated in like uh, six different categories she didn't win a single award what? that year so she didn't win anything and that like fantasy came from that album That that's like I think one of her best albums one of her some of her best work she didn't win I think and because it, was, it had done so well commercially she was also performing that night which kind of makes things worse oh and she's a diva she would she's not a have that so apparently she's boycotted it from 1996 she didn't go back to the Grammys again until nine, until 2013 and she said in interviews she's explicitly stated she doesn't care about the, the Grammys I don't know her I don't know her Which I'm obsessed with Absolutely Last thing It wouldn't be my reading In the Queers Week If I didn't mention The Eurovision We won We won again In 1996 We were In our top era 
We won it with Emer Quinn in the voice. Oh, the vo- yeah. beautiful. It was our seventh win in total. It was the fourth win in five years and also it was the last time that we won. Uh, well, listen, we I'm went out. RT. We went out on a high. We did. Just like we're going out on a high right now. <laughs> <laughs> don't we love Always. a link? <laughs> yeah, we do. How do you do it? I don't know. You've been just, at radio it's school, how, babe. It's, it's how my brain works. I feel you know? like Megan's giving you grinds or something. <laughs> Precisely, exactly. Yeah. This I, I was doing my my links class. Yeah, I uh, love it today. Uh, but no, this has been the, the curiosity. Um, I hope you have enjoyed listening to the show. We have certainly enjoyed imagining you listen to the show. Yeah, <laughs> I hope you have. And if you haven't, I've enjoyed being here anyway. <laughs> Megan hasn't though. She's sweating in the back. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> Uh, we've been really, really delighted with the amount of wonderful messages we've been getting from people over the last couple of weeks about the show. It's so fantastic to hear that people are enjoying it and liking what we're doing. And I think that we want that to continue. So yeah. if you want to come on over and have a chat to me, I'm James O underscore Hagen on Instagram. I'm Podrick underscore WMC for my name and a half, that is. And as of this week, we yeah, have we've got a, a brand new Instagram. We do. We've set up a Curiosity um, Instagram because we really want to get people involved. We want to share all the content that we're making. So it's Curiosity Radio on Instagram. All one word. Um, get involved. Come over. Follow us. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. And Curiosity is proudly presented by LGBT Ireland, the National LGBT Support Service. So remember, if you or anyone that you know needs help or support, you can reach out to that helpline on 1800 929 529 seven days a week. Brilliant. Now, you're going to challenge me. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's not a challenge. I've sacrificed a point. <laughs> so we're doing this thing where like we, we're, we're kind of like, we're kind of ch- like telling the points kind of to ourselves. Um, but I've sacrificed it for the sake of a bop. You're going to get it. And I don't mind. I'm not angry about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is good. This is setting the yeah. bar low. So I'm, that if I'm I fail, making, it's I'm making really a sac- I'm making a sacrifice for the queer community. <laughs> um, and what's a point anyway? What's another year? What's another year? Look. Anyway, so this song, uh, my mystery bop for this week. The lyrics address the value of female friendship over relationships and became a symbol of female empowerment. So am I to pretend I, I don't yeah, know what this guess. is? Okay, you, yeah. No, do you want to guess? No, no, I won't. I, okay. Oh, um, do, I don't know. Is it, yeah. is it All Saints? Now, uh, I, said it, you were good, I said you were good at links, <laughs> but you're terrible at acting. <laughs> it became the most emblematic song of the group's cringe philosophy, which was obviously girl power. Some other facts for you at least, right? Uh, this song made it number one in Ireland and... In the UK, it hit the top spot and stayed there for seven weeks. It was this girl band's debut song. Maybe someone at home doesn't know. Some of the baby gays might know this. I uh, know. You'd be shocked, babe. No, no, Honestly. no, no, no. They did. They've done. They've, they've <laughs> done. Mean, whole, they've done whole runways on on Drag Race based around this. Every single. Like, if if you don't know who this is, if you aren't able to see the Tesco advert in your in in your dreams at night that they yeah. did for Christmas nineteen ninety eight or whatever it was, then you know, are you even a gay? But also, if you don't know who Adam Crickets was last week. <laughs> That's okay too. <laughs> anyway, it was released in United States in January 1997. I know it was after 1996, but anyway, topping the Billboard Hot 100 for four weeks, it was the group's only number one single in that country, which is mad. Considering that they are like yeah. the biggest group of all time. Of all time. And by the end of 1996, this song had topped the charts in 22 nations. And by March of 1997, it had climbed to number one in 37 countries. If I was going to have... A wild guess. Zig ziga Yeah, of course. <laughs> I would assume you are, of course, talking about the 
the single that launched the Spice Girls wannabe. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And as I said, I've taken one for the team. Well, look, this is a, a phenomenal song that we yeah. get to we get to to go out on. But again, I think we need to say thank you so much for listening to Curiosity. Thanks so it has much. been so wonderful. Yeah. Podrick, always a pleasure. Pleasure is all mine, James. Now, let's get to stepping. Let's get stepping. Playing us <laughs> over this week, of course, it's Spice Girls and Wannabe on Curiosity. Yo, I really, 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 really,